This is the KPMG Investment Management Perspectives Podcast. In this episode, is COVID-19 Impacts on Money Market Funds, or MMFs. In March and April 2020, many money market funds were stressed, rapidly supporting high volumes of outflows. In addition, they were stressed maintaining their dollar per share net asset value. Conversely, certain government money market funds were stressed in handling massive inflows. So how did managers face and overcome these challenges? We'll discuss that today in KPMG's Investment Management Perspectives podcast. I'm Sean McKee, National Practice Leader for KPMG's Public Investment Management Practice. Joining me are Adam Hirsch and Jim Penman. Adam, could you give yourself a quick introduction? Sure, happy to. Hi, Sean. So, hi, everyone. My name is Adam Hirsch. I'm a managing director within KPMG's asset management and wealth management practice. My focus is public funds and, you know, with a specific area of focus on money market funds. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the drivers and challenges that money market funds experience during the March and April 2020 time period. And hi, this is Jim Penman. I'm a director, and my area where I work is the financial services solution practice. I'm part of Sean and Adam's team. My role is as a subject matter specialist in supporting the asset management and wealth management industry, and with a great emphasis on technology operation data and analytics for just about the entire value chain of the platforms and operations for these industries. So, Adam, let's start with you. Can you provide an overview of what we saw unfold in March and April for the money market funds? Sure, Sean. Um, so, during, I would call it mid-March time frame, the, the economic markets obviously were experiencing a variety of sort of um, challenges and, and, and headwinds, which what I would call classify as the perfect storm. So, obviously, with COVID-19 in the backdrop and uncertainty, within um, financial markets, along with um, some distress in the oil markets, money market funds, specifically the prime money market funds, were feeling immense pressure in terms of redemption requests. So these are redemptions that would be coming either from institutional clients or on the retail side as well. And there was an immediate impact with respect to money market regulation, specifically in the U.S. market, in that if liquidity within a fund drops below 30% with what's called the weekly liquidity average, a WLA, it triggers what's called fees and gates, which essentially um, increases a a charge for um, redeeming money out of a fund. Now, this became a situation where, you know, in light of the market conditions and actually wide credit spreads within the corporate debt market, there was an issue where these money funds were having challenges liquidating holdings to meet the redemption requests. In parallel, um, during the time where, where COVID-19 was um, accelerating, the, the oil markets also experienced a shock where there was major price depreciation as well. So we saw certainly a lot of sovereign, sovereign funds um, that would have um, redemption requests, requests as well, and they were in a position where they were looking to raise capital. So in a nutshell, money market funds were really in a position where they had to sort of pull all the levers in their Swiss Army knife toolkit, whatever um, metaphor you want to use, right, to be able to alleviate against um, hitting that 30% threshold. So, 
you know, examples would be they would, you know, in certain cases, some money market funds reduced or eliminated management fees altogether. Um, other money money other money market funds also they had to access alternative liquidity sources. Maybe they had they were part of a banking entity. They would access an affiliated bank um, entity to access balance sheet. Um, in certain cases, some mutual funds had to access the Federal Reserve. So similar to 2008 in um, the Great Recession, right, there was a case where the Fed stood up what was called the MMLF, the Money Market Loan Facility. So it's essentially, for lack of a better term, gave money market funds a bridge loan. So it gave access to, um, to, to essentially buyers for assets that they were not able to liquidate in you know, traditional um, trading markets. Um, what we also saw, which is interesting, is that there were some funds, and this is more on the government side, on the government money market fund side, where they were actually closing funds to new investors, because this is really about a great rotation, out of prime funds into government funds. And some government funds of some of the larger players out there actually closed um, subscriptions into their funds. Um, what we also saw was just a major, major focus, obviously, to uplift trading and analytics as well, risk management during the time of March to really keep up with, you know, what's my real-time liquidity, you know, what are my what are my positions, how does my investment book of record reflect reality of what your custodian sees and what your fund accounting sees. So, Sean, it, w it was really a tumultuous time and, you know, really, really um, put money market funds to the, um, you know, sort of really sort of stretch them in terms of, you know, reacting to these various drivers in the market in March and April. Understood. So a lot going on in, in that March-April time frame. So in light of that, how did management of the funds respond to those challenges? So, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. So I would say, you know, there were really sort of five key areas that they were really focused on in terms of sort of addressing and remediating risk here. The first was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, really putting a focus around improving your portfolio analytics, right? How do you, in terms of what you put on the glass for your portfolio managers and trading team to get more real-time information with respect to, to pricing and valuation and what your liquidity is part in point in time? Another thing we did is we, we actually saw a lot of money managers actually look at, okay, how how could I actually get better sense of market signals of what I would call unstructured data, right? So you have your structured data that your market data vendors are providing that are feeding into your trading and portfolio management systems. But what about unstructured data signals? What could they use around machine learning and, and natural language processing and other, other data signals to really, you know, instead of being on your back foot reactive, how do you become more proactive and be able to sort of adjust your portfolio to be able to, um, you know, get ahead of the curve when, when these types of um, market distress, you know, black swan events occur in the market. Um, I would say the third area is really an improved focus around um, their investor portals, right? So, you know, how could you alleviate, you know, the phone calls to a shareholder services group or how do you alleviate um, just questions around like what is, what is this, you know, the market depreciation and the prime fund mean to to my to my fund value? So making that about information available in portals and, and mobile apps and so forth. Um, the fourth thing is really re-upping on your BCP planning, right? Like looking at, okay, here was an event that obviously was, um, you know, unprecedented for, for most of the fund complexes. 
front to back from trading organization to operations technology. Like what, 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 what where, where were the challenges? Where, where, where did these plans need to be uplifted? Do you need to improve testing and whatnot? And how do you get the right, the right balance so that, you know, when these type of events occur in the future, if they do that, you're, you're, you're well prepared. And the final area I would say was, is really just around like, just having a better sense of just the communication you know, between ops and technology and the front office, like make sure, you know, like you're more synchronized, really getting like a control room mentality of, okay, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces here, you know, everything from regulatory impact to, you know, front office risk to operational issues. Let's all work together. Let's leave our, our division stripes at the door. Let's all be one team or out delivering the best value to the best, um, you know, experience to your shareholders and whatnot to ultimately maximize, um, you know, to ensure your shareholders are in communication with respect to where the fund is and that they have like a real line of sight as to the liquidity, you know, per the regulatory disclosure requirements and so forth. So Jim, let's move into the current day and talk about how fund managers are preparing for the current reality and what that means in terms of uh, operations, uh, market disruption and volatility, and, and how they're dealing with those issues. So, Sean, yes, as we've been talking to money market managers and as we've been watching other evolutions in the, in the market space, we have been uh, monitoring how things are evolving. And one of the things, there are several things that we're seeing money market managers do and their firms do to prepare for the new realities. And I'll add on to a little bit to what, what Adam was saying. Working remotely was a great challenge for a lot of these firms. They had not necessarily had their infrastructure for video conferencing and, and uh, re remote work environments that robust. And a lot of money market managers had to work very, very long days to work in the remote system. So working in their portfolio management system or trading systems uh, and working in, within them remotely was a great challenge to them. So one of the areas that uh, money market manager firms are doing is beefing up their technology infrastructure to be able to access their systems remotely and and be able to have video conferencing capabilities uh, across their firm to help with their operational communication and coordination. So that was, that's one factor we're seeing going forward. And also, too, related to their BCP plans, as Adam mentioned, as COVID-19, there were situations where key persons could have been out sick, whether it was in operations, technology, or the portfolio managers or traders themselves. The BCP plans need to consider the, the potential of individuals being sick uh, and or not available. So that was that was an area that they needed to improve in that regard. And there were several other ways that money market managers are preparing for the future and, and some things that we're recommending around this. First is improving the monitoring of economic news, not just necessarily market news, but also watching for market signals and having analytics that look at market signals for the potential of a slow rolling flash crash. Uh, as COVID-19, as it was evolving, it was a, a, a you would look at it as a, as a slow rolling flash crash. And, and so there were some early signals where you could have positioned your portfolios in a way to work through that market conditions. So we're, we're seeing the potential for improving monitoring of, of, of the market news. Another way that we're seeing money market managers prepare is improving their portfolio analytics. Uh, what was very noticeable during the COVID 
situation is that the bid ask spreads for commercial paper was growing at a, a disparity between the bid ask was growing very rapidly, and it was a challenge for portfolio managers to watch that and anticipate what the impacts were going to be on their portfolios. And as a result, one of the things that is, is will be very helpful for the future is how you're doing valuations of your securities, not only measuring mark-to-market, but also recommending that you also consider mark-to-par or mark-to-maturity so that you're seeing that if you're able to hold your bonds to maturity, what the value might be versus having to sell them in a down market. Another way that money market managers are preparing the future is adjusting commercial paper agreements. So as they're working with the providers of, of commercial paper, they're adding options to the agreements to allow them to quickly option out of the agreement if they need to rapidly improve liquidity and raise cash. And that's an area where money market managers can focus for the future. One of the things related to portfolio analytics is the monitoring of liquidity. And so as you're monitoring the securities in your portfolios, not only measure the risk ratings on them, but also the monitoring the liquidity ratings of your securities and how that might play into your trading decisions, your portfolio management decisions. And so that as liquidity metrics are declining across an asset class, and you get those early signals that can help you prepare for uh, what could be another black swan event. And also, as Adam mentioned, uh, one of the challenges that was uh, many money market fan firms had was having a spike in volume in their mobile apps, their portals, and improving their technology so they can handle higher volumes, higher scales, peak scales of transaction activities. And it was observed that some firms had some challenges there, that their, their mobile apps and portals were running rather slowly. And then also to relate it to their BCP plans, one of the one of the things we always recommend that you have very strong disaster recovery capabilities. Your plan is updated. There's a lot of key learnings from the COVID-19 situations that can be built into both your disaster recovery and business continuity plans that you recommend the challenges that you had individually. You look at that and see where to improve your plans. Very interesting. So let's turn a little bit to the regulatory reactions during the time and, and what we think about the future potential regulatory action. What are your thoughts there, Jim? So, Sean, one of the things that we're looking at and monitoring right now is how the when the Fed stepped in with its loan facility, and once we get past the current situation with COVID-19, will they take a look at from a post-mortem perspective and how the prime money market funds can be strengthened. And just as they did during the Great Recession in 2008, there was a follow-on of a number of regulatory changes. And perhaps that may occur, and that's something we're monitoring right now that the regulators may consider in the future. I'll get your closing thoughts, both of your closing thoughts, with respect to the future for prime money market funds. Adam, why don't we start with you in terms of your thoughts? So the way I like to think about this, right, there's, there's certainly a regulatory train coming down the track, you know, based on what happened in, in March, April timeframe. And then with the backdrop of potential negative interest rates in, in the United States as well, it's putting a lot of pressure on prime money market funds. Two large, possibly more, um, you know, upcoming have, have already announced that they're um, closing um, some of their prime money market fund vehicles. Um, so this was you know, publicly announced information with respect to that. But it's really around, like, your, like, like, what's the profitability, like, there's commercial considerations for just prime 
prime money markets going forward, you know, with respect to the, these factors. Um, but I would say that, you know, firms are really focused on this. And, you know, as Jim mentioned and, and I spoke about, like, just the focus on the data and analytics, how could they get on their front foot and, and not be on, on their back foot as many of the um, money market fund complexes were in, in the March-April timeframe? That that's really sort of the, um, the, the, the secret sauce here that firms are looking to solve for. Interesting. Jim, your thoughts? Yes, and to add on to what Adam said, we've, we've already seen a couple money market managers close their prime money market funds. And it can be anticipated that a lot of the money market providers are considering their product plans for money, the primes, and the government funds as well. And equally, of what's their place in the future for the prime money markets, but also, too, that we're seeing also the providers emphasizing and expanding their capability to serve government and the Treasury money market funds and making sure that they can support higher levels of uh, of assets in, in those vehicles and that them not being subject to fees and gates may be an emphasis going forward. And then also too, uh, regarding uh, the entire platforms, uh, we can anticipate that money market firms are going to be looking at across their platforms of what technology needs to be shored up, what pl operational plans need to be improved, and how can they prepare for future eventualities of some unforeseen future black swan event that may roll out very differently, but they can be better prepared and take the key learnings from COVID-19 and incorporate that into their operating plan. Well, thanks to Adam and Jim for sharing their insights on the COVID-19 impacts on money market funds. KPMG continues to monitor how COVID-19 is impacting various components of the financial services industry, including money market funds. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Please look for future KPMG investment management podcasts from wherever you receive your podcasts. Thank you for listening to KPMG's Investment Management Perspectives podcast. For more information, go to listen.kpmg.us slash imperspectives and be sure to subscribe to this podcast series to be notified of new episodes.